0: Hi there, and thank you for joining XROM, which is India's first AR, VR, MR focus podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Avil, and this happens to be the first episode of 2022. So thank you to all of my listeners and subscribers and wish you and your loved ones a very, very happy new year and may all your dreams come true. I I thought that I should take this opportunity and have a conversation with you because AR, VR, MR is growing and what we need is a cohesive community which I see lacking here in India. And you know what we need to do is bring you, the audience, the startup community, uh, the academia, the government, the investors and the marketing all together. And once they come together, the community itself will flourish, the ecosystem will flourish And then finally, we will have startups from India creating a global impact. So I request you to let me know which guest you would like to see next, what questions you might want to be answered. Please share the the questions at the the mail ID below and let me know how uh, and what can be done to improve the show. And, And like I said, not just improve the show, but also let me know what, we can do together as a community to build a cohesive arvr ecosystem together uh, so thank you to all of my listeners and subscribers and and the ones who have just discovered the show kindly subscribe support and share and ring the bell with with your help we will be able to create a cohesive arvr ecosystem together so happy new year once again and and let's nurture and nudge india's arvr ecosystem together And today, I'm delighted to have with me Mr. Iran Orr, who is the founder of XR Health and the CEO of XR Health Inc. So, Iran, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. So, why don't we start with a brief introduction and background?
1: Sure. First of all, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm a former F-16 pilot in the Israeli Air Force. And I was diagnosed as suffering from whiplash injury due to the active flights in the G-Forces. And during my own rehab, the idea came about to combine uh, VR and rehab. That's how we got started. Uh, we were the first company, as far as we know, to register a VR application on the FDA records. We currently have eight FDA Class II uh, VR applications. Uh, and about Two years ago, we also launched virtual clinics where we are treating patients remotely using virtual reality.
0: You mentioned that you personally went through a problem and in the effort of trying to solve your own problem, you kind of uh, extended and built XR Health. So would you like to talk a little bit about XR Health? How does it function?
1: Yeah, so uh, we, now uh, we have around 70 employees. Uh, we have uh, R&D back in Israel still. Uh, HQ is here in Boston. Um, Virtual clinics in Michigan, Massachusetts, Australia, and Israel. Uh, And patient can uh, sign up on our website. One of our clinicians will do a video call to make sure that they are suitable to use virtual reality and they can get treatment uh, using virtual reality. Then we're shipping them a headset, pre-installed with medical software, no gaming, no entertainment, just medical related applications, They're getting the headset, downloading a mobile app that guides them how to use the VR for the first time. And then they're conducting virtual reality treatment completely remotely, where the clinician has the ability to transport the patient to different types of uh, virtual uh, treatment rooms, which are basically VR games. And after every session, there are full analytics. So both the patient can see the statistics and the clinician can see the statistics and the outcomes. So that's basically how it goes.
0: You're saying you you, you are the first uh, startups that's been doing VR healthcare. What, what, what's been the results uh, from the patients that, you know, who, who has signed up through VR Health?
1: We are seeing amazing results. We have patients using the device over three hours a week. Uh, we are conducting multiple clinical trials and also uh, capturing all the outcomes from our own virtual clinics. In some cases, patients even uh, told us that they're using the VR instead of uh, taking a pill or use the drugs. Uh, I haven't mentioned that, but we are focusing on chronic conditions. So most of our patients are chronic pain, Parkinson's, eh, MS, post-stroke, autistic kids, um, stress, anxiety. Those are the conditions that we see very, very good success in.
0: Lovely. So, so. Talk to me a little bit about the science behind this. You know, when you say that you're using virtual reality for cr- chronic uh, cases, wh- what's the science behind it? You said I mean, it helps. Could you get a little bit into the detailing? Uh, how how does it help? And, and so, we, I mean, kind of break it down. I mean, break it down into like each specific uh, illness or. or a chronic case that you deal with and what what, what have been the benefits? So, you know, the audience can you know, try and simplify it. VR
1: is a unique platform because it's a closed loop system. Once you put a VR headset on, you are stepping into a computer generated environment where the patient in that case is the only variable in that closed loop system. You can manipulate the environment and you can constantly constantly see how the patient is reacting to those changes. And that allows us to capture data and to change in the real time the virtual reality environment based on the patient performance, uh, and and the data is clean and actionable. So for all the neurological disorders where you want to see if the patient is improving or not, uh, that's very very uh, valuable. Besides that, because it's so immersive and we can hijack the brain we can and that's why a lot of people are getting really scared or bouncing into walls on all the videos that you probably see on social media we are using the power of immersiveness to actually treat the body so our brain is a very powerful tool in cope you know coping with different types of injuries or diseases uh, and VR take it to the next level. So it's it's basically a replacement for all cognitive behavioral therapy, guided meditation, uh, and all those things that we know, you know for thousands of years that the it's, it's working, but VR takes us to the next level because you can control everything.
0: I do understand that virtual reality has the capabilities of tricking your motor cortex into kind of believing that the virtual I- I- is real, but... Get, get into a little bit more detailing, be a little bit more specific, you know, like maybe if there is a, a specific chronic illness, how, how does this uh, tool or uh, platform of yours benefit the patient? So
1: I'll give you several examples. Yeah. One of our applications is a specific application for hot flashes for women. So we are uh, transporting the patient to a, you know, cold environment, uh, you know, with ice and snow where they, she can actually see her breath uh, and that immediately activate our brain to think that we are in a cold environment and that immediately help them cope with uh, the hot flashes. On the neurological uh, disorders, a lot of the exercise and the measurement that need to be done when uh, uh, when you have Parkinson's or MS, it's, it's, it's not engaging. Uh, and it's not fun. So we are putting the patient in a circus, giving them two virtual swords in their hand, and they need just to pop balloons or to match colors with their boxing gloves. And that immediately turned the entire measurement and treatment to a game, which is fun and engaging for the patient, but also provide good data for the clinician. Uh, we have application for pain management that again, it's uh, different types of environments that we you use different types of techniques uh, to step into your body, Uh, for example, with one of our partners, uh, you can step into your body and fight the pain from within your body. Um, So again, there's a lot of options, uh, how to use this immersiveness in order to you can hijack
0: the brain to treat the body. Let's take pain management because and, and try and kind of break it down. Because I, I remember I had seen this virtual reality experience. This was years back, and I think O N M had done, done this uh uh a program. This was this was for kids who, who are you know scared for taking these vaccine shots. You know so what that that virtual reality program was you know where uh, the kid sees. I mean as soon as you dock the headset on. Uh, you, you get into this virtual environment and there's a superhero that comes and it tells you that you are also a su- superhero and, and you are very strong. And, and, and it, it's kind of aligned with the doctor, you know, the, the way the doctor is kind of standing right next to the kid. And, and when yeah. the, the superhero is kind of like, I mean, you know, giving you the injection, that's the same time when the doctor kind of inject uh, injects you, uh, injects the child and the child uh, does not feel the pain because he's enjoying the process. So, uh, it, it, I mean, can you... Uh, Talk a little bit more about, you know, maybe sharing some examples like that so my audience can understand.
1: Yeah. So what you, what you just described, that's one example, but it's a, usually a short term, right? You, there's a difference between distraction, where you want to distract the patient from an unpleasant situation like a shot or in the OAB, and, and, and compare that to long-term care to actually provide better outcomes think that you know acti- different types of uh, activities or uh, actions uh, that help chronic conditions. And then uh, obviously it's far more complex, right? Because distraction, we know it's working. You can do uh, different types of distraction in order to solve that immediate need to actually provide care for a long period of time to actually see the patient is getting better. That's far more complex. Um, And what we're trying to do is, is to create multiple virtual reality treatment rooms for a variety of use cases and conditions where the clinician can transport, again, the patient from different rooms. All those rooms are supposed to be fun and engaging, obviously. We don't need to constrain ourselves to the real world environment. But the way that we envision the near-term future is that today you are stepping into a hospital, you have multiple rooms, multiple departments, right? Multiple clinicians for a variety of use cases. You can find yourself as a patient getting treated on the third floor and then uh, a week after on the fourth floor and and vice versa. And and so that's what we're trying to build just in a virtual environment. So you'll put a headset on and you'll have limitless treatment rooms for a variety of use cases But less, again, distraction, more
0: on the treatment side. So so basically what you are trying to do is taking the brick and mortar away and making it into a virtual platform where any and every health issues can be uh, accessed and maybe you you have your your clinicians who will be assisting and helping you through this. How difficult was it for you to build a platform like this? Because this is this is not like a very simple platform. A you need to build content, the virtual reality content. B you need to have a headset. It's it's a six dof headset or three dof headset. You need to find customers, Uh, you need to align with your doctors and and channels. So, so talk to us about, you know, the journey as as an entrepreneur to build this entire platform and these content that you're building, do you have scientists, doctors who are working with you and you're building uh, content, aligning with uh, uh, them?
1: It's more complex than even what you described, because the healthcare uh, industry is a highly regulated environment, meaning that you have to comply with all the regulation, not just the device, the clinician, HIPAA, security, encryptions, liabilities. It's a very, very complex ecosystem and probably the most complex for an entrepreneur. Uh, I think uh, healthcare and defense are probably the most complex uh, environments uh, to create innovation and uh, now on top of that uh, as you said it's it, to develop content that uh, have different types of clinical rationale you need the game designers on the one hand right uh, that most of their job is to develop games and environments and vr applications but you need to have a strong clinical team physician clinicians Uh, scientists to make sure that what you're building makes sense and it's not just a relevant game and then you need to combine all of those in a suit of regulation you need to understand what the regulation is all about and you need to make sure that you are compliant with that and then you need to find customers and to find someone that will actually pay for that and then the distribution channel and then you have customer support and and technical support Uh, very very complex Uh, especially in a High tempo evolving technology like uh, virtual reality, and we when we started the first application was with the Google Cardboard phone based on Samsung Five I think or whatever that Samsung device, and then we switched to a PC based uh, devices uh, the Oculus Rift and the HTC uh, uh, Vive, and I think we got. We, it took us six years, but we are close to a tipping point where the market is ready because of COVID. A lot more people are open-minded for to use this technology, but also the technology got to a tipping point where the standalone headsets are good enough. The six DOF are good enough. The setup is efficient. It's relatively affordable now, um, but it was a very long and complex process to get us
0: uh, here. Why ship the Virtual ID headset? I, I, I know that it, it plays such a crucial role. I mean, obviously, when you s- said earlier that, I mean, you know, when you started, you started with a a, a, a Samsung, a, a card, I mean, a cardboard headset where you could dock your phone inside and then like an HTC Vive, but the PC does not make sense because you cannot ship it out to y- y- your, your customers. But right now we have the options of your, your three DOF or six DOF headsets, which are untethered. Why take the I mean, headache of sending a virtual EID headset along with it? And what's the payment model? And what's so the customer trend at this point in time?
1: So most of our patients are not gamers. They don't go to Best Buy to buy the Oculus Quest. They want a solution for their problem. Accidentally, VR is a good solution, but our, the average age of our patients is 65. Most of them are not tech savvy. They are not gamers. They want something to help their condition. Uh, and we found that in order to enable them to get our services, you need to solve all the logistics problems and to solve the last mile. It's, it, it's just if someone is in a need for a VR treatment back home, we can't tell them go to Best Buy. Buy the headset and then come back to us. We'll treat. It's like it's not working, and so we decided to, again to take the uh, take the burden and and solve all the problems in order to enable a patient to get treatment. And and that's how we are all operating today. So we spend a lot of money and a lot of time in order to what we believe to fix all the problems in the in the channel, right? To everything that if and, and at some point. We stopped even investing in development of the specific app because that wasn't the issue. The issue was to solve all the pieces in the puzzle to enable VR treatment with a relevant business model.
0: Lovely. So yeah, I mean, it, it takes a brave entrepreneur to you know set up the entire ecosystem because an entrepreneur, I mean, most of the time, you know, we go for the low-hanging fruit because it gets easier. You are trying to solve the entire. Uh, e- ecosystem, and then I believe that maybe in the the near future, when the accessible access becomes a little better, and we we have VR headsets which which are maybe as light as this, uh, this this would be a game changer because the healthcare itself that there is I, I think all it's not just the healthcare I think everything needs a complete change you know right from your education uh, institutes your healthcare you know we we are stuck with hundreds of old uh, traditional institutions and organizations and when the world has moved into the future so we need to look at you know the, these technologies and tools to create a, a better healthcare better education and better life for us i was going through your linkedin page and you mentioned that metaverse could play a huge role for the healthcare would you like to kind of you know explain that
1: the world will find you know himself in a metaverse type of uh, environment can probably not like in ready player one that's that's all you do but i think it will be some kind of a combination where you will have your re- real life but you also have some kind of a metaverse uh, environment that uh, you will step into i don't know uh, once a day or whenever any frequency that uh... now in assuming that's where we are heading, uh, I believe that a lot of the healthcare services will be able—you'll be able to access those in that metaverse environment. Uh, and if you know if there's no need for someone to actually be in the same room with you, uh, then it will be conducted through a metaverse type of, uh, uh, you know technology. And, and it's not just the VR itself, but think about it that we can incorporate any type of sensor, biofeedback or different type of sensors to, to allow us to assess the patient's status remotely, completely remotely. Um, and I think that's where we'll find ourselves, uh, where the outpatient as we know it, the clinics, the brick and mortar clinics will be replaced by a metaverse type of clinics
0: in the next few years or maybe this decade itself the world which is, which will be digitized and that digitized world will have humongous benefits even right now over here also or uh, post covid there's these traditional brick and mortar uh, education institutes have moved on to complete online uh, uh, online schools and they they're almost the same Thing that that's offering that what's offered at the brick and mortar education, which are like, uh, but these, these online schools are ten times cheaper with the same kind, same same kind of value. So I, I think in the next ten years, we will see a huge shift into you know accessing benefits of healthcare or education or remote work, leveraging the the digital option, uh, the digital way. And I, I think it, it, it's not going to be just one technology, you know, there, there's artificial intelligence, there, there's going to be IOT, there's going to be scanners, there's going to be wearables, there's going to be blockchain. And I think once it all kind of converges, there'll be real world value. I, I was on your LinkedIn page again, and again, there was this that you had tied up with uh, uh, meta. Facebook uh, as a mm-hmm. partner so, so would you like to talk a little bit more about that your, your partners
1: so, so we are we are trying to work with all parties with all players it's still a relatively small ecosystem there's not a a, a lot of players I think now that Facebook became a meta uh, that accelerated a lot of things in the industry right um, but our goal is to work with all parties involved. Uh, all the VR, AR manufacturers, all the players. I think uh, we have we we have to work together as an industry in order to actually um, succeed in changing the market as we know it. Uh, and and I think that's the inter- interesting thing. And just to echo what you said, think about what it would do to even in a, especially in a, in a country like India, right? Think about access to care. People in India, I'm assuming there are a lot of places in India where people don't have good access to care, right? They need to drive hours and hours in order to see a physician, a clinician with this type of technology, suddenly everyone are equal, right? Everyone can get amazing access to care if we'll be able to you know, uh, do uh, what we're planning on doing. Um, and, and I think that's the beautiful thing about this technology. It takes down the physical barriers uh, and constraints that we you know that we had in the last I don't know, thousands of years, and suddenly everything is open to everyone. And that's I think the the you know the power of the technology.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely double that because I, I, India is a huge country, 1.3 billion people. And, and we have a problem when it comes to education, healthcare. You know, it's the privileged few and the ones who are uh, urban dwellers have access to quality healthcare or education. Then you go into the interiors, the rural areas and and they're deprived of quality healthcare. With, with technologies and tools such as this, like virtual clinic, uh, People sitting in any part of the world could access quality healthcare. Now, for those doctors, hospitals, uh, healthcare professionals sitting here in India who want to know a little bit about uh, XR Health and how XR Health can benefit them, could you kind of give your pitch?
1: So first of all all the information is on our website uh, xr.health they are more than welcome to uh, take a look and also uh, medical uh, uh, papers and and uh, we're adding more as we speak. Uh, the on on the uh, academic uh, and and uh, academic ec- ecosystem and the uh, different types of uh, uh, clinical data, I think we need to do... It's, it's a, there are more than 1,000 articles showing the benefits of VR in healthcare from different groups, different hospitals, different prehab centers. But having said that, we're still seeing very slow adoption. Um, I, I think it's, it's not just related to the VR. I think all uh, healthcare providers worldwide are... It's very hard to change workflows and to change and to have healthcare facility adopt new technology, because those organizations are working around the clock trying to serve all the people that are uh, that are in need, and um, and I think that's the biggest uh, challenge uh, you know for uh, for us as a company and also as you know, new technology is how what kind of actions we can take in order to accelerate adoption. Uh, if there are physicians or clinicians uh, hearing this podcast, uh, we need uh, and looking for those innovative physicians and clinicians that are more forward thinkers and, and, and hopefully they will be the ambassadors of this technology internally within those organizations.
0: Right. You, you mentioned... Uh, that you know change does not come easy because you know all the workflows are, are kind of tradition and these new technologies or tools push us to completely upend and relook at how we function uh, traditionally but i'm sure there are more and more data showing that virtual clinics can uh, has more benefits and virtual clinics can create more access to uh, a, a everyone uh, uh, around the world. So uh, talk to me a little bit more about uh, this virtual reality healthcare. When do you see a larger adoption of uh, XR Health? Uh, and
1: so I, I think it's, it's just, now it's just a matter of time. Uh, I think again, COVID accelerated a lot of things for us also. Uh, and it's in the healthcare arena, you need to build credibility because there are a lot of people claiming a lot of things and, and people are usually uh, skeptical about the, the actual outcomes. And, and what we're trying to do is Again, first uh, convince the market by doing and conducting uh, clinical trials, showing the data, the real outcome. uh, But also letting patients, you know, express what they, they, you know, and tell the world about their experience. And I think we, with every patient that uh, we are enrolling, we are taking another step forward for mass adoption. And at some point, we will get to a tipping point where the it won't be a discussion anymore whether VR treatment is a valid tool, and virtual clinics are actually making a difference or not. It's just a matter of time now.
0: Right? How's the ecosystem support for what you're doing? You know, you you you're pretty much a well-funded startup, but you are you're exploring crowd crowdfunding. Why crowdfunding?
1: I believe in crowdfunding. I think that everyone should have access and the ability to uh, invest in startup they believe in. And from the first day I established this company with every funding round that I did with an institutional investor, I opened the crowdfunding opportunity for the crowd to invest and participate. I think that the funding ecosystem as it's being structured today, give the power only to the people that have the means to participate in the next unicorns of the world and the crowdfunding channel allow everyone to participate it, that I, I just i just believe that's the right thing to do and that's uh, the right approach for a company like us
0: rafael rossman he he's one of the pioneers in the xr space and he has recently joined your team what does he bring on board and what's going to be the uh, roadmap ahead once once he's on board? Well,
1: so we have one of the most innovative uh, physicians. I know he was the first uh, surgeon to use Google Glass. Um, and and on a general note, we are trying to bring on board as many visionaries as we can to help us make uh, the vision a reality. Uh, so that's, that's the idea across the board. Again, we need people that... Or believers and uh, you know they are taking actions to make uh, our vision of the metaverse and the healthcare and the virtual treatment rooms uh, and, and make it a reality.
0: Lovely. I- Iran, thank you for being part of the podcast. And you said, yeah, it, it takes believers. You are a believer. You started this and you have kind of laid down the foundation of what could be the building blocks of... Healthcare built on the metaverse, where access to healthcare which will not be limited only for those economically blessed or privileged few who are living in the urban areas, but everyone and anyone an equal a- a- access. Uh, I wish you and and the team the very best. Uh, you started, you, you said like six six years back. What would be your next six years goal? What is it that you would want to achieve in the next six years or ten years as a company?
1: I I think uh, success for us will be to turn this vision into reality. Improve access to care to everyone uh, from the comfort of their home, uh, inside the new metaverse uh, world. And, and enable at the end of the day better care for more people
0: Lovely. iran thank you for taking time and being part of the podcast um, wish you and the team the very best And to my listeners if you like what you see and here then please press the subscribe button until next time see you guys bye bye thank you thank you Iran. really appreciate
1: it thanks for having me